Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. I don't know what happened to the intro music there. Welcome to the Red and Blue Review. Droll, Mr. Nigel. Thank you very much indeed. That was me doing the 365 digital radio show this week. More to, more to come on that later on. Ladies and gentlemen, very good evening and more welcome to another edition of Red and Blue Review. My name is Nick Philpott. I'm your host this evening. I'm shortly going to be joined by the usual crew. But before I do, I just wanted to mention uh, Ian Noble. I know you're watching this evening. I just wanted to say thank you very much. Griff, I can see you out there, mate. 365 radio, Monday to Thursday. Get on there and Support our Griff. He's on, on the show right now. He's listening in. Griff, I loved every minute of it, mate. I think we've got more to come, mate. I think we've got more to come. We'll be Obviously, we'll have a chat soon. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Red and Blue Review. Please don't forget, you can find us all over the socials. You can find out all of our uh, podcasts on YouTube, on a whole back catalogue. Go to the redandblueview.co.uk, where you will find every single show that we've ever done, including interviews with John Salago and who else have we done, John? Uh, Joe, have we done uh, Steve Cottball? Uh, anybody else you can think of off the top of your head? Jim Cannon. Jim Cannon, of course. He's, not gonna say, he's obviously not talking. Anyway, good evening, Joe. Are you there? Yeah, no, I'm here. I was just trying not to be offensive about some of them. Uh, be nice. If you can't say anything, just be nice. Exactly. Well, if you can't say anything, don't say anything. Exactly. I can see every... Ah, uh, Simon Cribbin. He's the first one to say hello to us in the chat. Simon, good evening, mate. I know you're still in Croydon. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to come to you two in a minute. Okay, I'll come to you in a minute. But I've got a question for you all. Who is the most travelled Crystal Palace fan? Um, I know uh, our very own Paul Bristow comes up from Bristol, goes home and away Bristol by train. But Simon Cribbin once again flew in from Calgary yesterday. He flies back again to work tomorrow. The bloke is mad, but he's so lovely to see you again. Mate, uh, don't forget, you need to give me that list of tickets. So great to see you, Scythe, and thank you for everything you do for us and supporting the team. Teresa Baker, welcome back. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Hope everyone's oh, all right. right. Nice, to, yeah, nice afternoon in the pub, you say, with Claire and little holes in it and everybody and, oh, and half the Philpot family. No, it was great. There was, there was one, of, one or two of them. Fergus Tid, I hope you're well, buddy. How's the family? Yeah, all good, thanks, Nick. <clears throat> yeah, really good day yesterday. Palace didn't lose. Ireland won in the rugby, so, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the egg-shaped ball thing. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah what a win. What a win that was. Lots of drink and merriment was had last night. <laughs> That's my signed Brian O'Driscoll picture over my shoulder. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. And yeah, Lord Holyoke, how, how was Cambridge today, mate? It was a bit of a nightmare, to be honest with you. A two-hour drive, and then I forgot the main thing that, that enables me to, to be able to be tech properly and I left it at home. So yeah. the, metal the metal detector. No, 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 no. There, there's a little <laughs> addition that needs to be attached to it. And uh, and I forgot it. So went up there, spoke to me mates for a couple of hours. Um 
avoided smashing my gear up, getting frustration, and then come on. So, sure. right. So, who's out in Facebook land? I've seen Bruce is there. Bruce, great to see you again. You see, mate, not long now. So, uh, the Disabled Supporters Association are back with us on the show. I can't, Bruce, in the chat, mate, let me know what date that was because I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, John Doyle from Ireland, I can see you. Paul Bristow, of course. Yeah, I know where Bristow is, mate. I didn't say from Bristol. I said, Paul Bristow, you donut. Uh, he's down in Plymouth. Uh, Ian Appley, William Jones, I can see you. Muxa, how are you, mate? Long time no see, buddy. Hope you're well. Dave Rumble, Mark Callaghan. Uh, obviously, Simon's there. Dale, Dale Martin, Johnny Knox, I hope you're well, mate. Good evening to each and every one of you, where, wherever you are watching in the world. Ian Noble, I know you're out there. And I did say at the top of the show, thank you for stepping in for me. Thank you for filling my boots. Okay, uh, and... and Enjoy your rest. You're supposed to be resting this evening with the family or something. So, what a what a fantastic result! What a fantastic game of football we witnessed yesterday. Like the excitement, the drama, all the VAR decisions, the penalty shoot out at the end. Did, you did see it all, didn't you? It was the most crap game that I've sat through in months. In months. To the, but I'll tell you, let's, let's start off. Oh, it's the 20th of January. The uh, table supporters are back on the show. Good, look, looking forward to that. Except twentieth of January. No, that was before that. Bruce, is it this 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 year anyway? Eagles manager Roy Hodgson was back in the dugout at Sellers Park after missing last weekend's defeat at uh, Aston Villa through illness. The seventy-six-year-old confessed himself he was pleased with the Eagles showing in the three-one reverse at Villa Park, but there was little for Hodgson to get excited about as Palace support or Palace supporters get excited about as they fail to score for the second time in three home matches. Brent Chiesa making his 100th appearance for the club in all competitions went closest when Palace, uh, when he sidestepped the challenge at the edge of the box and drilled narrowly past Leno's left-hand post. Fit again, Mark Gehe was recalled as centre-back, but Hodgson remains without several first-team players through injury, including Michael Elise, Jefferson Lerma, and Mateus Franca. Anyway, we're going to be doing. We're going to be covering the game in more details later on. Okay. Um, before we do, ladies and gentlemen, out in Facebook land, please, please, please get onto our Instagram page. The address will pop up on the screen now. Okay. And this week uh, we have a double header, as you know, away at Old Trafford. Tom Clark Sam has been working tirelessly behind the scenes. And he has two match previews for you to enjoy, one of which is already out for the Carabao Cup game on Tuesday night. So please get onto our Instagram page. Tom Clark Samuel sent you all a message, and the message is very simple. What other content would you like on our Instagram page? Would you please be so kind and send him a DM, however you do that, on Messenger or whatever it is, okay? And he will try to incorporate that into our Instagram page. So, Tom, thanks for all your hard work, mate. We appreciate it as a team. Right, let's kick off with the game. Uh, the, the lineup, as we all know, Teresa, talk us through the lineup because we had a, you and I had a bit of a chat about the lineup in the pub. We, <clears throat> we started that nice conventional one, four, two, three, one formation. Um, Johnson in goal, Mitchell Gay, Anderson, Ward, Hughes Decore, Eze, Schlupp, Ayu, with Edson up front. And on the bench, we had Matthews, Henderson, Richards, Holding, Mateta, Bowie, Klein, Raksaki, and Riedewald. And the only changes we had from the Villa game was um, Chris Richards made way for Gehi. Okay, Jill, 
we're going to start off actually not with the lineup, but with the backup, with the, the substitutes of your moment. Folk, before you do the game itself, I want to talk to Gel about our strength or lack of it in depth. And we're going to, just ladies and gentlemen in Facebook land, we're going to be talking about this in more great detail at the end of the show. Um, so please stay tuned for that. Jill, with that, with the backup that we had on display yesterday, how weak are we? I know we've got three lesser teams below us in the league and everything else at the bottom of the table, but is this, is this going to come back and bite us on the arse? I, I, I don't know. I, I just get fed up with, with, Sort of moaning about it, really. So where, where's where's uh, Mohammed? Uh, is, is he is he injured? Yeah, he's, um, he's injured. He's yeah. injured. Okay, so that's why he's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 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 what they're saying, right? Is this is I get so frustrated. So we've got substitutes, but they're not good enough. What he really needs to do, if he's not going to play them, right? What he needs to do is he's actually not just not naming any. We don't have to. I'm sure there's not a legal requirement that we have to name any substitutes. Because because what would happen if you were to, to run out of substitutes and a player or two got injured and that come off, you'd end up with 10 or 9 or whatever. Um, so I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, we talk about the subs and, and said about how thin the squad is. To give Raksaki, did you see his face when he came on yesterday? What's that? What are you doing to me? Like trying to kill his career in in four minutes? He can't do anything in four minutes. People are saying, "Oh, but you know, what if we concede? Well, what if we concede goals? So it's not anything new to concede goals in 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 any minute from the first to the last. We've seen it so many times. To to give this kid four minutes to to come on and make a name for himself is literally a waste of time. It's a waste of time. You need to give him 14, 24 minutes. But as we all know, Roy doesn't do that. He just he legit, so, so Parrish is going, oh yeah, what we need to do is give have a pathway through for our for the academy. What absolute crock of shit that is. When do our players get a pathway? We've 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 had several players that have come along and played in a cup game or whatever, and then they just get farmed out, and then they just get sold. Uh, honestly, if it's something that infuriates me, it's it's just the bullshit between the 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 hierarchy, and then Roy comes out with, well, you know, I really wanted to have a go at the Carabao Cup this year. Bollocks! He's never in four or five years that he's been with us had a go at the Carabao Cup. He sees that as a pain in the ass and a way of getting injuries. That's as simple as that. And if if, if anybody disagrees with it, I, I literally don't care. He has thrown us out of the cups. The, the, who, who are we going to play when we play Man United? They're not going to put any of their first team out against us. It will be, no, well, hopefully, it will be an academy game. I'm hoping that we do, but we definitely don't take Eze up there. I pray we don't take Eze up there because we can't afford for him to get injured. He gets injured. We, we are. We are just literally up creek without a paddle. Um, we can't. We we have spent our money. We, I mean, we've we've spent twenty million pounds on a goalkeeper. I don't know. I don't know. The more the more I I, I, I see it, I, I'm not going to say it's wasted money, but I don't think we needed to go and buy an actual number one, number one. 
Joe, you know, you've, you've just touched on some subjects that we are going to come on to later on. Roy's comments, okay, and uh, the squad that we're going to play later on Tuesday night. Ferg, you wanted to make a point. It was just, I know Joe was sort of saying about players coming on and the risk of conceding. It's not about conceding. It's bringing players on to win a game at home that you should really be winning. And to, lead, to bring on an attacking player in the 90th minute, it's, it's just too late. They need to be coming on 65th minute. So at least exactly. the game. I've got the impression in, in the ground yesterday. You want to see them going for the win. And I guess I've got the I've got the impression in the ground yesterday, Fergan. I don't know if you're aware. I and Tracy, you were in the ground as well. I got the impression that from kickoff, the whole stadium was waiting for him up until half time to change it to bring Mateta on, which we all knew that was going to happen. Okay, and eventually he did it. Okay, I think it was the seventieth minute. Um, Joe, you want to make a point, can't okay, we? Did we did we play four four two last week? I know we got beat, but did we play four four two? Yeah. And then when we're at home, he plays, he plays, well, I don't know. No, actually, he started with the uh, the same formation. Yeah. And when then IU went, off. IU went off and we got, then we, he brought Mateta on. I, I mean, every, on we are obviously, we are obviously stronger from, from, from whatever minute, preferably from the, from the start of the game. And it would, it would show some sort of attacking intent. We've seen this thing, but stick one up front and it's rinse repeat for 12 to since Murray left. It literally is, it's rinse repeat with every single forward. You might as well just you might just stand there and just go, Do you know what? I ain't gonna run my nuts off. There's literally no point. Their defenders can just tire me out, and then when I do get a chance, I'm knackered from running because all I've been doing is trying to shut down. Like honestly, when you've got two, when we have two players up front shutting players down. That it works because it encourages others. But Edward on his own, I mean, literally, playing four five one up, it shows, it literally shows, for me, that was Roy Bore of old. Literally went for a nil-nil. He would have been joyous with nil-nil. Not 24,000 people would have been proper pissed off about it. I mean, and, we, and, and no matter what, we'll talk about the game in a minute, we were lucky very, very lucky to get nil-nil. Okay, well, nicely, nicely segued in. Uh, Ferg, cover the game if you'd be so kind. Yeah, okay, so, um, well, th that's what I was saying to you earlier. I made notes on the Villa game last week and it was about four or five pages. This one's a page and a half. There's just, <laughs> there's not a lot to talk about. <laughs> and to be honest with you, most of the chances, um, certainly in the first half, came fell to Fulham. So that they had a, a chance as early as the third minute um, William turns on the ball, cuts inside Palace's half, lays a pass down to Robinson, and the left back breaks into space. He's looking for Piero in the box, and he has a shot, and Johnson makes a strong save. And then 11 minutes, it's another save. Um, again, William on the left um, drives across the edge of the box, curls right footed effort towards the bottom corner, and Johnson has to palm it away. Another good save. So, could have been 2-0 down in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then, um, yeah, at the, the next... So, I think Pelina got injured and there was a bit of downtime. They were making sure that he was okay about the 23rd minute. And then, um, Fulham had another chance, 35th minute. 
Um, Reed played a short pass into Pereira and he switched the ball from left to right, put it in, put it to the feet of Jimenez, and he had a really, really good first touch. And then he just smashed it. And again, Johnson with another great save um, turns the ball away. Um, and then our first shot on target in the first half, 43rd minute. Um, yeah, first chance of the game. Um, Eze gets the ball on the edge of the box, run, runs past Reed, and then he curls his, his shot and it just goes wide of the goal. I think it was probably about a foot, two foot wide. And that was it. That was the first half. It was just, um, believe it or not, I think we had more possession than Fulham in the first half. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then, oh, yeah. Was this the guy when he got hit in the back and he went down? Like, yeah, like he'd been like he'd been shot. He literally um, he touched him on the shoulder, didn't he? Yeah, shoulder to shoulder, yeah. and he went down like he had been. I'll take my rifle into the Homesdale. But you know what? The, the, the way our, the referee decisions have been going for us lately, it's, I'm just waiting for Paul Tierney to come over and book Anderson, you know, or at least I'll get VAR to have a look at that. It was just, it was just so pathetic on um, Pereira's part. But and by the way, yeah. don't di and don't diss Paul Tierney, and I'll explain why later. Right. Okay. Yep. So are you saying he had a great game then, Nick? <laughs> All will become oh, apparent. All will become apparent. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Let's go to the so the second half. Um, so I guess the first the first major incident of the second half was the penalty incident. Um, so Mitchell gets down the left flank and he he drags across drags his cross across the box, and Eze's in the box there. And um, is it was it Reed? I think I think it was Reed. It was all over him, and brings him down. Um, ref waves it away, no pen. Um, I'm not even sure whether they checked it on VAR. If they did, it was very, very quick. Um, but again, another... Was another, it a penalty in your view? Well, he didn't get any other ball and he got enough of Eze to force him to the ground. So... Arms I mean, wrapped around his waist. If that had been in the middle of the park, I think we'd have probably got a free kick for that. Exactly. Um, if it's in the penalty area, for whatever reason, refs don't want to give it. Gio, um, is there no penalty for me, Gio? Your thoughts? No, but it, it, it's it's what I just said. If it's in the middle of the park, it's a free kick. When you've got your hands all over something, you can't do that. Like, listen, it, stuff like that doesn't apply to us. It only applies to the top six. We see it all the time. We see Rashford diving on a on exactly the same challenge as SA. Exactly. SA doesn't get a penalty. Rashford does. It's, it's, to be honest with you, it's boring keep talking about the lack of, or, or well, not the lack, the consistent shite of our referees in, in the Premier League. It's as similar as that. I can't. Even the managers are starting to call them out now. Have you, have you heard that like when you heard Heckingbottom going on about the referee? Usually, if you said, if you mentioned the referee and went, well, yeah, I didn't think he had a bad game, you know, I didn't think he had a good game, didn't think he had a bad game. But if you mention the referee, that's a £25,000 fine. I mean, no one's getting fined anymore. They can't, you cannot fine someone spitting facts. I think, I think the, um, I think VAR, certainly for me anyway, has just highlighted even more so this big club bias. 
Um, certainly when it comes to decisions, I think, and the refs are quite clever the way they, they'll give a decision for like for an Arsenal for a penalty, but they won't give a decision against Palace. And it, and then it gives them the opportunity for VAR to say, oh no, it wasn't because we're not going to make the referee look like he's, he's made a mistake. So the way that even the way they're doing it now, it's quite clever. And it's, I think Roy yesterday, he looked, he was a bit forlorn, wasn't he, in the, in the pre-match. He just looked exhausted and frustrated. And he was talking about all these different rules and regulations that they brought in. And and without saying he just thought the referee was poor, I think I think he's he's getting really frustrated with it now. You know, we had a penalty against Wolves we didn't get. We had one go against the Villa. We had potentially one yesterday. It would have been soft, I grant you, but... Um, but it, yeah. but it doesn't matter if it's a foul. It's a foul. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's whether it's soft or whether he tries to snap him in off. It's 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 it doesn't matter. You know, it's 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 like diving, isn't it? You you go to kick some. You saw it today, did you? I don't know if you saw the Sheffield uh, Sheffield United Newcastle game. One of the players he pretended that he was going to fully fully go in and smash the ball, and when he got to it, he stopped, and the defender dived. Oh, what? what? And there's no card, no card for the dive. But I'm guarantee a, 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 a small a club against the big six that player gets pulled for diving. Yeah, we could. We, yeah. I mean, we could go on about. Uh, uh, we could go on about how bad the referees are all day, but it, and, and it's all games now. In it's the, all uh, games now. In the in the chat, there's varying comments about uh, no foul for me, no foul for me. I think Chloe said no foul. Uh, one uh, Facebook user did say uh, definite foul, but that's the only one. Um, Chloe's saying the problem is this clear and obvious thing. Put it back up, Nigel. Um, yeah, he's, she's talking about the, the clear and obvious stuff. They made a run for their own backs by doing that. Everything is open to interpretation, which I think is has been done deliberately to create talking points, more discussions, more money. Yeah. Good point. Well, well made, Chloe. Go on, folks. Finish off on the game, mate. Yeah, OK. So, uh, next chance, 66 minute. That was Fulham again. Cordova Reed. He drives down the middle of the pitch. He has options to his left and right outside the box. And he slots a pass through to the Jimenez. Uh, and he decides against shooting from a tight angle. And he, he looks to pass for Piera. Um who's free at the, gut, at the back of the goal and and it just misses his outstretched foot. So another chance for Fulham. Um, and then there was some uh, sub substitutions. The 70th minute, Mateta came on for Schlupp. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about Schlupp, but I thought I thought he had an OK game yesterday. Um, he came, uh, Mateta came on for Schlupp in the 70th minute. And then, and then Fulham made a flurry of substitutions. I think Iwobi came on in the 75th. Wilson and Vinicius, and and that just goes to show depth in squads. You know, for Fulham, they're bringing on three really good attacking players, um, and unfortunately, we we don't have that. We can't match them for that. And I, I know we're probably going to talk about it later. And then, eighty um, third minute, uh, another save from Johnson. Um, Castagna keeps the ball on the pitch. On the right, he plays a short pass into the box, and Reed. He drives across into the feet of Willian and he's free on the left and he blasts a low shot. 
And uh, Johnson manages to get down and, and block it with his feet. It, it was a good save. It was a very good save. It was, it was a good save, yeah. Um, and then the, the very last chance for us, 86 minute, Eze plays that ball through to Mateta um, in between the Fulham defenders. And uh, he has a shot and it's a, it's a bit of a tame shot. I think the defender gets a little bit of a touch on it and it's the keeper dives to his left and it's a fairly comfortable save. And and that was it, really. I mean, it was... I think it was two, two very average Premier League sides having a very average day. If if I'm honest with you, I think Fulham were probably the better side. I know Marco Silva said he thought they deserved to win it. Um, can't really argue with that. Um, but and I think I think the stats that are on screen, Ferg, actually bail out exactly what you just said. Look, look at the possession stats: fifty-one, forty-nine. Um, I think I, I'd agree with you. I think Fulham were had the, the better offer, better attempts. There you go. Shots: ten against our seven on target, five against our three, and that just about sums it up. Very evenly matched teams, middle table teams, but we're going to be coming onto that later on. Okay, uh, and a very very dull, dull as dishwater water is our. I described the game. Yeah. Full time at Sellers Park. No, no, I couldn't wait to get out of there. If I'm really honest with you, it was a very, very disappointing. A couple of things I want to touch on before we move on. Ladies and gentlemen, you may well see in the background, I've got it upside down. Uh, I've got a whole load of these for the Red and Blue Review team. Okay. Um, these are silk scarves, a bit, a bit of a nod back to the 1970s. Those of you who are around then, the very talented Jason Cadle at Whiteleaf Eagle. Okay. Give him a follow on Twitter. I know he's got some that I can't remember what they're priced at, but they're reasonably priced. He's also got his bucket hats back in stock. Um, he's he's bringing back lots of the retro stuff and getting them, getting them made. And they're really nice quality, really good stuff. If, so if anybody wants one of these, get in touch with at Whiteleaf Eagle. Uh, and the Red and Blue Review panellist team have all got one coming to them themselves, but they didn't know that. That's mm -hmm. so Joe, you made a point earlier, because I want to move on to the two Man United games, if you don't mind. That are coming up this week, and you made a point about uh, Roy Hodgson post-match yesterday and his comments, and his actual comments were as follows. I can't attack the Carabao Cup as I intended to do so because we don't have any players. Now, that line in itself, I'll read it again, is damning to the board, okay? And we are going to come to this a little bit more later in the show. I can't attack the Carabao Cup as I intended to because I don't have any players, I am worried about Edouard's hamstring. He, he, uh, apparently, he had a twinge on his hamstring this afternoon uh, at, at the moment. And I'll find out the player is out for three weeks. He said, if the player is out for three weeks, then I'm relieved. It's not three months. It's talking about, obviously, Elisa and all the rest of it. It's, it's just... what Ferg, I'm going to ask you a question then, Teresa. How do we line up against Man United in the Carabao Cup on Tuesday night at... What team do we play out? Does he play the kids? Do we go, yeah, do we do we have to take the first team? You can tell Hodson's frustration. Ferg, you I, go first. I, yeah, I, so everyone that was on the bench yesterday, obviously there's two goalkeepers, but bring both goalkeepers, but play, he's, Henderson's got to play. I would play everyone on the bench and I would probably bring in three or four of the under-21s. I wouldn't play any first-team players. If if So we're saying... Elise's out, Francis out, Ferguson's still out. Edward's potentially out now with a hamstring injury. We're really, really, I mean, 
there's an injury crisis playing out here. And if, if we start playing first-team players in the Carabao Cup and someone gets in, say an Eze got injured or a Mateta, um, we're going to be in serious trouble come Saturday when we need to put a first-team out against Man United. Henderson in goal? Yeah, Henderson in goal for me, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to see Redevelt play. I'd play Hughesy, you know, because he, he needs match he needs match time. You know, he's he's done really well. I thought I thought he was one of our best players yesterday, and he's stats. Yeah, he got ninety three percent pass success yesterday. Nine nine um, recoveries, two interceptions, and three clearances. Did he? He had a fantastic, fantastic game yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe. You know, Hughesy, Riedeveld, Raksaki's got to play, give him a game. Um, Hold, Hold, Holden's got to have a, Bob Holden's got to have a game, isn't he? Richard, uh, uh, Andrade's just Richard. sitting in the chat. Richard's a coach. Yeah, see, Tom Kins is that injured, isn't he? So, um, uh, well, I'm well, well, saying that, um, Nathan, what's his face? He's, he's coming along leaps and bounds in the 21s. So he's obviously playing for them. So put him at right back, put Riedeveld at left back, Holden. Uh, uh, and Richards, um, yeah. uh, well, there's a defence because we got a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper's going to come in, so you know, um, yeah. just put a put a play the kids. Just play the kids. Jesus, if 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 Edwards uh, injured and he isn't going to play Saturday, then we then Mateta cannot play. Otherwise, we won't have anybody up front. Well, we will. We can put Ayu up front, buddy. Whatever. Well, so. Uh, listen to you, Frages, or you too. I actually feel quite positive about Cheesy Night now because that's actually oh. not bad. bad. Well, this, this is what I'm saying. He's, he's turning around and saying, Well, you know, we haven't got to, but he has, you know, he, he, he has got players. He's just trying to, I, I don't know what he's trying to prove. We're not going to go out, we're not going to sign another SA, another elite save. We're not going to spend 30 million quid on a striker. So I, I don't understand the point that he's trying to make. What he's got is what he's got. I think it's moaning we've got a few injuries. But we've had seasons where we have been, had, had seven first-team players out. Not, to, not three. And Frangent's never played for us anyway, so you know what's going to happen with him. He'll be sub behind IU or, or anybody for the first three games. So that's completely irrelevant. The only one that really does walk into the, back into the first team, the only player who's been out long-term injury, is Elise. And and, that, and, he, and he'll probably come in and there'll be a, a, a shuffle around. He has to come in for Schlup. There's no way Schlup can play if Elise comes back in the side. So, you know, I don't understand this. This might, you know, it whinges and whinges. Maybe he's still not well, I don't know. But there's a team to put out. And if he don't want to do it, he needs it on it. If he's it's a first team, I know Liverpool sometimes they don't send Klopp on these on these that they he lets the twenty ones or the, the, the other manager come in. Just let Paddy sort it out. Just honestly, just let Paddy sort it out. I'd rather go up there with a bunch of kids that are going to absolutely run their nuts off and try and 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 attract the attention of the of the of the you know the Palace fan base by trying. Irrelevant whether we get smashed up there or whatever happens up there. Completely irrelevant. Roy's giving it up already. I was going to have a go at the cup. He's never had a go at the Carabao Cup. Absolute. BS. So I don't really care what happens. All I care about is what happens in the first team games. If he ain't interested, then nor am I. And the other thing as well, I would be absolutely ill if you'd gone and taken a day off of work, because that's what you're going to have to do to go there. 
but it, it's a night game, isn't it? So you've got to take a day off of work. You're not going to get back to one and two o'clock in the morning. It means you might have to have another half day off of work and do your nuts on a ticket and food and petrol and a train. Honestly, I'd be thinking, do you know what? I'll stream it if I can. And if not, listen to the radio. And if not, okay. who cares? It's on TV anyway. On the subject of the selection, I'm coming to you with that question in a minute, okay? Um, on the subject of this selection, is there anything else you would like to add? Because I think the boys have actually covered it quite well there, actually. No, I think they have. Okay. I mean... I'm going to ask Teresa a random question. And the question is, Teresa, please select the letter A or B. All B. Come... Did you say B? B. B, bravo. Uh, all and the winner of this uh, signed Crystal Palace football, who correctly uh, predicted eight points for September, was Daniel Garlic. Daniel, this ball, I've got to get to you somehow, and I don't know how, but because uh, obviously it's been inflated, so it's not going to be quite so simple to post. Uh, this signed <laughs> Crystal Palace football, you are the winner, and congratulations, mate, uh, and well done. And here are the rest of the scores. There was actually two. I think there was two of you. Uh, on the correct thing. Was that right, Nigel? I think, yeah. Uh, and anyway, Daniel, the reason this is, uh, Teresa had to select A or B was because A was the one entry and B was Daniel Garlic. So Daniel, who was the other person? I don't know. Nigel, who was the other person? Should put it on screen. Oh, it was Muxa. Oh, oh no. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't know I, that. I, what, what we could have done is, is gone to uh, the game next week and filmed it and just had them two fighting for it. <laughs> just uh, ran the back of the stand. <laughs> Max, uh, mate, I'll tell you what, mate. Max, uh, send me your address and I'll send you one of the skulls. Instead of uh, well done. Well yeah, done. Easy get out now. And I'll send you well one of the skulls from Jason. So congratulations to you both. Uh, right. Now, I'm going to move it on a little bit because I've got uh, something. I'm conscious of the time, guys. Uh, so I haven't done loan watch, okay? Uh, I will do that quick, very quickly now. Loan watch, players out on loan, how they're getting on. David Boateng played the full match for Dundee in a 2-2 draw at home to Kilmarnock. Killian Phillips came on for Wickham in the 78th minute in a 3-1 away defeat at Chalton uh, under, the, under the big top uh, and was booked in the 90th minute. Owen Goodman played the full 90 minutes with Colchester and let in two goals in a 2-1 defeat away at Crew Alexander. Kofi Barmer played first 45 minutes for Port Vale, and he was booked in the 25th minute. John Kamani Gordon came on in the, for Cambridge United in the 62nd minute and got the assist in the 66th minute uh, in a one more draw at Port Vale, uh, between Port Vale and Cambridge United. Luke Plange played 68 minutes for Carlisle, who lost 2 0 at home to Derby. And no more news on Scott Banks, who tore his ACL playing for the German side St. Pauli. Uh, we presume he's back at home being looked after by Crystal Palace, but we don't know that. And the other teams, uh, I can't remember which way around they were because uh, I haven't got it written down. Nigel, Pingney, uh, so that was, uh, can you remember that this is over to you, uh, Ferg? Uh, if it was the, un, uh, the under-21s Tuesday night the, in the um, EFL Cup or whatever it is. The oh, is that that dodgy penalty? Last last minute penalty, yeah. Yeah, dodgy, dodgy penalty that was. It's a running, okay. it's a running theme this week for our um for our youngsters. Yeah, go on in. <laughs> and, and next one, Nige. This is Forest away at Forest for the under 18s, I believe it was. Uh lost four three. And finally 
Nige, if you're there. Oh, yeah, and there's the same result for the 21s away at Fulham. Uh, so it went down 4-3. So there you go. Right, OK. The reason I want to move it on, boys, is because we've got a couple of other things I want to talk to you about, OK? Um, strange anomalies going on from the club, and I'm about to open my phone for a reason. I just want to show it to you. Why is this happening? Some weeks, the barcodes, if you can see it, the barcode is showing on your season ticket. Okay, I've got two season tickets on my phone. Last the last home game, whatever it was, one of them was showing a barcode, and the other one wasn't. Is this something to do with this crappy Ticketmaster connection? This week, I had both of them showing for yesterday's game. Already, the phone has been updated for the Forest game week after next. Okay, and it's showing both barcodes. Why? Oh, why can't the I mean, the referees get consistency? Why can't the club get some consistency with this? Either they're going to remove it, and there you go. Richard Harvey's coming up and saying he's never had a barcode. It's a QR code, not a barcode. You, you great plonker, you plastic. Where were you? I've never, I've never had one either. Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ferg, you got any idea? Trees, you got any idea? No, I mean, no idea. I mean, I, I had, I had no QR code on my iPhone yesterday. I mean, it worked well enough when I put it in the um thing. All I can think of is, unless the club haven't been putting them on for certain category games, that's the only thing that I can think of. So, um, people can't screenshot the QR code. That's the only thing that I can think of. But uh, yeah. Paul Brissot just said the QR codes are going to go all together. Well. Yeah, I understood that, that to be the case, but they haven't done. They, they've, they've gone off some tickets. Haven't Richard's never had a QR code at all, and they're showing on next week's next week's game. Any idea, Ferg? No, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've never had a problem with the QR code. It's, it's it's always the right game. The QR code. I mean, sometimes it doesn't change until the day of the game, but but I always panic going through the. The gates because if it doesn't work they just send you back to the club shop and then you're like oh, i'm gonna have to queue up for half an hour and for them to sort it out the stewards just start, they just won't let you in it's, it's frustrating but touch wood I've, I've not had not had that happen to me yet nigel can you keep richard thomas's message available please because i want to come i want to read that out in a second um i think my point is there's a lot of people peed off with the box office and the ticket office and the ticket master. At... Go on, Joe. When you had the uh, the season tickets, your, your plastic season tickets with a QR code or barcode on it, not really that many problems, was it? Not really that many problems when you had uh, when you had paper tickets. So, you know, when you, when you try and... I mean, they're just they're first world problems, aren't they? So, but, um, you know... It is what it is. I suppose it, it, it's easier to try and blame technology than than to spend a little bit, you know, a little bit of money. Everything's about, you know, you're trying to be cost effective. But I suppose for every for every time you're trying to be cost effective, you've got to pay, you've got to pay an, an absolute shed load to an IT consultant or IT company. So, but you know. I think, I think some of it is that, you know, it, it, it is about money because they, they want you to sell your ticket back to the club to stop you from 
sharing it with somebody else and letting somebody else go for it. Anyway, we've done that one. Um, I want to. Where's that bestie? Can you uh, bring uh, Richard Thomas's message back up, please, Nigel? Okay, a lot of negativity on here tonight. Not so. Hang on a minute. Yeah, we haven't got to the end of it yet. We're on eight points in a decent league position and doing all right, considering we've got a few players out. You're hitting the nail right on the head here, Richard. Okay, when you have a poor game, it's important not to lose, and that's what we did against Fulham. And you're quite right. Okay, but we've got to cover all bases here. Okay, and the base I've got for you. And this is my main talking point of the evening. And out in Facebook, man, I'd like your input on this, okay? So I want to very want to quickly look at what's below us, okay? And I'm not talking about the Chelsea's. And we can all laugh at Chelsea and all the rest of it. And if you saw the, the Chelsea fixtures after the, the next international break, you laugh your bollocks off, okay? Okay, because they are bang, banging down the bottom, okay? I want to look at Burnley, Luton and Sheffield, okay? The three teams that came up, very quickly, this is about Palace, this is not about them, okay? They are all yet to win a game. They are all yet to win a game. In fact, between them, they've got three points, okay? They've all had a draw each, okay? Three single one-point games, Uh Will their in the question is will their ineptitude and likelihood to go straight back down disguise our lack of squad depth and our atrocious transfer policy? Give you a clue. So far, between those three teams, they've scored twelve goals. Okay, bear in mind six games. They've scored twelve goals. Okay, and conceded up to date to this afternoon forty-one in six games. Um, they are obviously three very poor teams. So we are in the lucky enough position that we are worried about our squad depth, okay? And we are concerned. And Roy's right, I think Roy's right to be concerned about it. Uh, we know the transfer window was abysmal. What is... Is it only papering over the cracks that we've got those three shit teams down the bottom of the league is my question is here. Um, and... Should Parish and Friedman be hanging their heads in shame? Ferg, go away. Off you go, mate. Uh, it's easy in hindsight, isn't it? I mean, we, we we signed we signed some decent players. I know twenty million on a goalkeeper. Okay, you could argue, did we need him or not? But I think we didn't know that Guita was going to stand down and refuse to play for the club anymore so we needed we needed another another decent goalkeeper um Lerma was a great signing um Fansa, okay unknown but huge potential um and holding we got for four million so I, I don't think it was bad business yes we probably do need we probably needed a couple more maybe a left back maybe another striker because um, I don't think Mitchell's got any competition at left back. Um, I don't, like I said, I gave it six out of ten. I think, like you know, could do better. But um, I, you know, if, if you'd have foreseen the injury crisis that we're currently in, and if Edouard's injured as well, okay, it makes things a little bit worse. Um, and obviously, Elise's setbacks hasn't helped. But. Um, if, if we're going to go out and buy players, they need to be better than the players we've got. They need to want to come to the club. They need to be within our budget and our wage structure. Um, and I know we were linked with a lot of players, but it's quite possible Friedman's reached out to them, like Hudson-Odoi or someone like that, and said, come and play for Palace. And he's like, why? Forrest are going to pay me twice as much money. I'll go there. 
Um, so, you know, they've, they've got to want to come and play for you. So, yeah, they have. Yeah. But are they still not? Are they still not responsible for the position that we could potentially f- find ourselves in? You know, we've had a fairly well, easier run of features. Yeah, I. So I. So I, I called it out. I think at the beginning of the season, there's seven or eight, maybe nine teams worse than us in the Premier League, and that's that's showing at the moment. When we get our players back, when we get Elise, France back, Ferguson. We're going to have a really, really strong eleven, and we'll have three or four players that will come off the bench that that will be pushing to get in the first team, like Hughesy, you know, Riedervel. That you know, they're really, really decent players. Um, I think we missed. Yeah, coming straight. I'm just laughing at Dave yeah. Hart. Dave Hart yeah. has just said, "I think I think we're missing Nathan Ferguson." Yeah, well, nice one, Dave. Joe, uh, are we papering over the cracks? Yeah, I, I mean. Um... What Ferg just said then. Um, they're ready to come off the bench now. That's why they're subs, subs for the first team. But they're not, are they? They're not, they're not coming off the bench. So I, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's just, you know, he wants, I, I don't know, 20, a squad of 20, 15 to 30 million pound players, which is never going to happen. I mean, this is what frightens me, right? Is that if we don't get this sorted out this year, wait till Elise goes, wait till Eze goes, wait till Yayi Anderson go. Just wait, wait for that. Literally, oh. wait, wait for. And, and then, and Decore, I'm telling you now, if if Liverpool ever made this year, they will, they will absolutely go for Decore next year. Absolutely. If something happens, they could even go for him in, the, in, in January. I'm telling you now, we have a chance to, to quite literally lose the spine of our team. Well, let's, let's do a positive on what you've just said. Teresa, I don't know if you're aware, the club uh, got announced this week, not by the club, I, I in the press, that we've, we've finally opened contract negotiations with Eze. Now, there's got to be, that would be a, the signing of the or summer stroke autumn, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I read it as well. It was on the um, Palace website, wasn't it? And was it? then it was picked up by the um, Nationals. Um, I hope to God that they actually do a proper job locking down to a decent contract. Um, I don't know how, how many, I don't know what Anderson's contract is. I think he's a, you need to keep him. I would keep him. But I think, you know, going back, where does the trouble start is, we're not using our academy. What's the point of having a yeah, tier one academy if we're not using them? And I think the Premier League should have a rule where they've got to have put at least two academy players in the first team side. Every club. Give these lads a chance to get out on the pitch, show what they can do. I agree. And I've said for a, I've said for a long time, if we're not going to use the academy players, shut the academy down. And what has happened? We've just invested 25 million quid in it. You know, people can turn around and say, oh, but we have a, what about Wilf? What about, go on, give me this great big, massive, huge list of players that we've, that, that have played for us. And then we sold on for squillions. It is minuscule. It yeah, does not warrant that amount of money. Joe, you, you said to me this week when we were chatting, as we normally do every day, 
pay the geezer whatever he wants for Ezra. Um, but do you not think? Would you? This is the thing. So, so we, so we're going to get Ez, 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 whatever he calls himself these days. But we, we're going to get him to sign a new contract. That is that purely is so he doesn't walk away for free in eighteen months. That's all. It guarantees us the club have just gone. Look, you know, you can go. You can go in. Just stay for the season after, and then you can go. Soon as someone bids sixty million quid for you or and above, you can go. It's exactly the same as the lease. Say. It's exactly the same as game. We will never, never, ever have an England captain. Gay has the has the capability to be the next England captain. Agreed. Right. If if Harry Kane doesn't play. Then, then it generally goes to a defender. So, um, but he has the you know the next ten years on his side. We don't keep players like him. We we sell them. Anderson is is outside of. I, I just think he's one of the best centre backs in the country at the moment. His distribution, his entire game, he's almost for me. I'm so glad we've kept him. But again, Newcastle apparently have been interested. Everyone's interested in our players. And, and I just saw someone just, I can't remember who just said, said next year we'll be looking for six players. See, next year compounds it even more, right? We will lose players absolutely, right? Oh, and then you. we have to get more players in. So what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, we'll bring the academy players in. No, we won't. I'll stop you there because Paul Briscoe says, yesterday we had three academy players in our first team, in our squad. Right. Go on then. What do you mean go on then? There was Jesrap Saki. By four minutes. Yeah, but that's not what you said. You didn't say about you weren't talking about how long ago. No, 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 no. All right, all right. So we can be so we can be pedantic. We can be pedantic, right? Just tell me that they start, but they that they start with the regular players. They've been in, in and around the first team uh, for for right this season. So what how many games are we in? Whatever game is we on, and how many, how many minutes has Raksaki had? Is, it, is he into double figures yet? I don't know why you're shouting at me, Joe. I'm only saying what's in the oh, chat. No, <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, it, we don't play at our academy players. They get a chance in a cup, you know, and then they go, yeah, he's all right, Adams. he's really fast. He's talented. He can take on a right back. He's decent down the left-hand side. And then you never hear about him again. But literally, players come and go. We we are after we are trying we are turning ourselves into a into a club that goes and buys the the has beens or or we've been really lucky with we've been really lucky with probably six players in the last four five six years we've been absolutely amazingly lucky with Eze I mean how on earth he was playing the same with Elise the gay how how does gay not get in that Chelsea side. Ridiculous. Okay, lucky, but surely some of that's got to come down to scouting as well. And no, it does, but it stops, doesn't it? It gets to a certain point where it stops. Instead of carrying on, in Parrish's own words, if we don't invest in the squad, we end up going sideways or backwards. And at the moment, well, not at the moment, for, for absolutely, this is our best squad that we've had for such a long time. Such a long time, and we're probably two, maybe three players away from being doing what Brian are doing. And they have overtaken us in every single way 
for, for half the time that we've, you know, their scouting network must be unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And they're making fortunes. We've had 232 million quid off the Chelsea, I think. Have I got purple on your screens? Our, our academy is still in You're purple. I mean, Brighton's infrastructure has been around for a lot longer than ours. And it's paying dividends now. And hopefully, in two or three years' time, we will be in exactly the same position. We'll have, we'll have a really strong academy. We'll have a really good scouting. You know, but, but it's just going to take time. It's not an overnight thing, is it? You know, our, our, academy, our academy was Palace Eagles. In New Addington, when I was a child, well, like the camp, they, 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 they used to play at the top of of Lambs Lambs Road. All the yeah. all the Palace kids were up there for years, and then they were taken to this academy. We've had an academy forever. We just we just literally haven't. It, it's just but, such a rarity. I know this class. So one. we've had the, what? Got so we got one. the so we got the cat one now. When are we looking? When do you think we can bring players through? Well, I think it's starting to pay dividends already. I mean, our under-21s look really, really good. And you've, got to, you've, got to trust, you've got to trust in the management that if they're not in the first team yet, they don't think that they're quite ready for it. We just have to trust the process. It's, it's frustrating because we see players like, you know, banging in hat-tricks for the under-21s on a weekly basis. And you think, right, well, why isn't he on the bench in the first team? But... You know, there's got there's got to be a reason why. But eventually, I'm hoping that that, you know, those that that flow of players is going to start paying dividends coming into the first team. And if we lose six players, like like somebody mentioned in the comments about Falmer FC being able to replace them straight away, I'm hoping that in a couple of years' time we'll be in exactly the same position. Absolutely. Eventually, players like Jez Ratsaki can go to Charlie's agent, can go to Charlie and go. If we if if we come to you, will will he play every week? Well, of course he will. He's our player of the season, right? We'll bid for him, and then Palace just go right five million quid, and then and then Jess Ratsaki walks out of the club because he's guaranteed. Instead of getting guaranteed four minutes in a game where we should be attacking, trying to win a home game, he can go and play and be a hero somewhere else instead of come on and look absolutely depressed that he's got. Oh, I've got another four minutes. What am I going to do in four minutes? Just, yeah. just, it, it, it's so, it's so I, depressing to be a, to, to must be a be a twenty one uh, for Palace. Right, let's move it on a little bit. Okay, so coming up, we've got the two games against Man United this week. Then we're at Hunter Forest uh, on Saturday the seventeenth, the seventh of October, which is a half past five kickoff. I just noticed that's the first time I realised that. Then we've got a couple of toughies coming up away at Newcastle and home to Spurs. And in November, we've got Burnley and Burnley away and Everton at home. Um, so I think we've got some positive games coming up and some maybe not so positive games coming up. Uh, what do you think? Give me your predictions on the two Man United games this week, guys, please. Treasy, you first. Um, the league, the cup game, I think we'll win 1 0. And the league game, I think we'll win 2-1. Blimey. Super positive. Ferg. Absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I, think we'll, I think we'll lose the cup game. Um, I think it'll probably be 2-0 United. 
Um, but I'm with Chosa. I think I think we might nick a, an away win, two one, uh, United. They're not playing very well. I mean, they they struggled against Burnley. You know, so um, yeah. If, if we if we can put out a fit first team eleven players, <laughs> you know, if they're all fit and and raring to go, then I think we've got half a chance. And Mark Bush was saying his son, his son, his mascot for the Forest game. Uh, Mark, I hope he has a, a fantastic day, mate. Your memories that will stay with him for the rest of his life. Um, Gel, your thoughts on the two Man United games, please. Two nil, three nil losses. Both of them. Oh yes, mate. You are so positive. I, I can't. I can't. I, I can well, see. I'm, the... usually, I'm usually positive. I'm usually positive, but I can't. You know, I, I can't. I can't see it at the moment. Roy's not instilling any. Anything in me apart from just you know, like yesterday, it's, it's so poor. You offered me a ticket, didn't you? Yeah. I asked that yesterday at work, and you offered me a ticket. It said, Come along, and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I was so, so happy. But I sat there and watched it on TV and then went to sleep, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm reading through the uh, as I was saying, Aaron, good evening, mate. 3 0. Lost in the cup and 2 1 winning the league. Uh, Chloe is saying uh, we will lose the cup game and win or draw the league game. Uh, what else we got? Mark Callaghan says loss and we'll take a draw. And Paul Holden saying 2 1 in the cup. Uh, it's 2 1 to us in the cup and uh, in added time and 1 2 in the league with a Maguire own goal. <laughs> ah, Paul Tierney. I wanted to talk to you about. Paul Tierney. Thank you, Paul, for reminding me because he, he sent me some information earlier. Paul Tierney has now gone 10 games refereeing our matches without us losing. And by the way, I'm sorry for the purple haze, but I don't know what it is. Uh, we haven't lost with him in the middle since the 3rd of November 2019. And that's 10, 10 games. And so I, I couldn't actually quite work out this other stat you sent me, Paul, but Sam Johnson's clean sheet takes record for us to 1.133 goals conceded per game, making him our safest keeper ever in the... Oh. And, um, and uh, the real panel sent me some interesting stuff. Uh, however, he said, it's the fifth season in a row that we've only lost our two, two of our opening six games, which is also our joint best since we came up in those 11 seasons. We've always lost two... Uh, of our opening six games. So when we last finished 10th, which is our highest Premier League finish, uh, our first six games, played two, lost two, drawn two. Exactly where we are now. So room for optimism. Uh, And I'm going to go with my prediction. I'm going to go with my prediction for the week that we will win the Carling Cup game, despite Roy's protestations over the um, selection process and what he's got available to him. But we will probably... I'll go with the draw in the league game because I think Fergie's right. You can get them. You can get them. And if, if we've got a decent squad available, we can get them. Ladies and gentlemen out in Facebook land, you've been really busy out there tonight. I can see every single one of your comments coming through. We're going to be back reviewing both the Man United games on Sunday, the 1st of October at 8 o'clock as always. Uh, I believe I'm in the chair again for that one. Uh, once again, thank you for Ian Noble for the times that he's been sitting in for me so far this year, and he'll continue to do so with Jill, no doubt, throughout the season. Teresa, lovely to see you. Come back and see us again soon. Of course. Ferg, okay. as always, mate, 
backbone of the team now, mate. Not just a part, not just just a bit part player. You're a backbone of the team. Holy Oak, you're my wingman, and I love you. You know I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, out in Facebook land, on behalf of my, myself and the rest of the team behind the scenes, take care. God bless and stay safe. Good night, everybody, and up the palace. Good night, boy. Good night.